Welcome to the Road to the Draft podcast. I'm Catherine Bogart. As a countdown to the 2023 NHL Draft is on, over the next few episodes, members of the Devils content team will sit down with top prospect experts to give you insight into this year's draft class. Up first, a man that Devils fans should know very well, NHL.com writer and co-host of the NHL Draft Class podcast, Mike Morial. Mike, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. You're currently in Buffalo and that and Mike, thank you so much for taking some time to join us today. You're currently in Buffalo at the NHL Combine, and that's really only part of your busy summer. What have you been up to since the Devils season wrapped up? Catherine, it's great to join you. Thanks for having me uh, this afternoon. I, you know, after the Devils season ended, it was, uh, you know, NHL draft for me. And uh, obviously, you know, it's a labor of love. I enjoy talking to the prospects that are going to be drafted in the in the seven round draft this year which is going to be held in Nashville Yahoo so uh, <laughs> yeah uh, June 28th and 29th uh, so really looking forward to that but before the draft of course as you know and you've been involved as well in the past uh, is the NHL uh, scouting combine and and this year we're in Buffalo once again because it's it, you know Buffalo has done such a great job with this with the testing with the interviewing process. So here in Buffalo, we're, we're getting all these interviews taken care of, which has been fantastic. These prospects just keep, keep getting better and better, Catherine. The, you know, the interviewing phase of this, the, the prospects are no longer robotic as maybe they used to be 10, 15 years ago. They speak their minds. They have intelligent thoughts on, on certain topics, whether it be, you know, entering the draft, if they're NHL draft ready, uh, you know, if they're going to college, how many years of college they think they have left before they can turn pro major junior players, how many more years before maybe you sign that entry level deal. So they all have interesting ideas and philosophies on how to go about getting to the NHL, getting to their dream of playing in the NHL. So it's always, it's always a joy to come to the combine and, 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 and talk to the players this year. I, I think as far as on ice play, I think you have a lot of exceptional forwards i think there's it's very deep in centerman uh this season uh, obviously starting at the top with Connor bedard uh of regina in the western hockey league uh but i think overall forwards it's it's a very deep a very deep draft class and i think this one is going to be uh, you know deeper than most draft years i guess the past three or four that we've seen um you know going back to when eichel and and Connor mcdavid uh, going head to head in their draft year uh, in 2016. I mean, that that was an exceptional draft year. And I think this one is going to be equally, um, you know, exciting uh, for the fan bases of, of every NHL franchise that might have a, a pick in the top two, three rounds, because to be quite honest with you, Catherine, I think it does go that deep. I, I think, you know, even after the top 32 and there are going to be players picked in different slots, of course, because obviously with the Russian factor in here, there are no Russian players. Uh, that were invited to the combine, you know, based on what the IIHF has done, you know, um, with Russia invading Ukraine and the situation there, uh, no Russian players were, were eligible to come to the combine. And it's unfortunate in a way because there are a lot of good players overseas in Russia that we would have liked to spoke uh, to speak to and, and maybe seen in those tournaments, but it is what it is. So a lot of the scouts had trouble seeing those Russian players, but for the most part, um, even Despite that fact, uh, you're looking at a good crop of centermen, forwards. I think there are some quality defensemen in this class. And I think also goaltenders 
Uh, you're going to see a lot of good goaltenders go and, and, and overage goaltenders as well, not just uh, first year eligibles, but guys that really played well at the World Junior Championships, made a name for themselves that were maybe passed over last year that have a good opportunity to, to be drafted this season. You speak of the combine and you're there and you're interviewing these players. So in addition to interviewing players, you've had the opportunity in the past to talk with scouts, to talk with front office personnel, to talk with GMs. What do they look at when it comes to the combine and assessing this talent, getting ready for their own draft board? Yeah, I, I think, you know, most most of the GMs, most of the scouts, when when players come in, um, you know, to their to their suites for the interviewing process, they want to see the firm hand, handshake uh, when they first enter the room. They want to see, you know, the body language. Is, is, is that prospect a little nervous? Is he? Uh, maybe uncomfortable with certain questions that they may ask. And they do ask some some pretty, you know, prodding questions uh, at times. But for the most part, and as I said at the outset, I mean, these these players are so well-schooled, Catherine, uh, in, in, what, in what they need to say, how they need to say it, how they need to represent the teams they play for. All of that is a part of it. And I think uh, basically the GMs just want these players to be themselves, when it comes to the interviewing process, they don't want any fake phonies uh, because let's face it. If you're going to draft this player, you want him to be himself. You want to see what he's like in his true natural state and form. And, and that's what they want to see. And as far as the testing goes, which we'll see here Friday and Saturday, um, you know, just do the best you can. You know, we've seen players in the past, Catherine, that couldn't do a pull-up that couldn't uh, do one bench press. And they've gone on to, to, to play in the Stanley cup final. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and players such as like Casey Middlestat from the Sabres, for instance, uh, you know, he couldn't do, uh, uh, one of the bench presses and, and now, you know, he just finished his, uh, fifth or sixth season with the Sabres this season. And, uh, he led, uh, you know, he had career highs and goals, assists and points. So it just goes to show you, as long as you try your best, that's all scouts and GMs want to see here at the combine. What's one of the hardest questions that you've heard asked at the combine by GMs and their teams? Uh, well, th there's a lot of funny ones and quirky <laughs> ones. I think I think the one that I heard recently was uh, one of the scouts asked the players, there's a 50-50 chance if a 20-foot python who hasn't eaten in five months is in the hallway outside of the, the room you currently sit in. So which one of us is going out there to either get rid of the Python and tell us when we can leave or what, uh, what we should do. So a lot of the player that I spoke to that had this question asked of him, he said, you know, I'd go out there because I'm the team player. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, oh. I'll, be, I'll be the sacrificial lamb here. So that was the, that was the right response. I think that's what they wanted to see, but it's just things like that. They get you thinking, on you know how you're going to respond i mean is the player going to say you go out there i'm not going out there so yeah so but yeah it's that it, it's funny like that but it's questions like that that really get you thinking about uh you know not only ice hockey and what the players might be thinking when they're on the bench on the ice but just life in general it's kind of cool yeah that's a really tough question on the spot like that to come up with the teamwork answer that's as someone who's afraid of snakes that's not my first go-to <laughs> that's a tough <laughs> like, one when you look at the past year we always hear about these draft classes and of course the number one is pretty much locked up at this point Connor Bedard is expected to go to the Chicago Blackhawks but this past year what impact can that have on a player's draft order 
in their final year heading into the NHL draft? Um, so, look, you know, Connor Bedard, as you said, Catherine, is going to go number one. And and it, it, I think this has been known for almost a year and a half now that this is going to be a special player. He's going to do some special things um, in the NHL. So for him, I think knowing that this this moment was going to come for him, he he recognized it. He knew about it. And the funny thing about all these prospects too, Catherine, is there's a different vibe I get with a lot of these players. And it goes much deeper than maybe one, two, or the top three picks that could go in this draft. It goes, as I mentioned, maybe, you know, top 60 or top 70 here, where a lot of these players recognize this is a chance of, of a lifetime for them. Um, he, even he, when you talk to him, he's humble mm -hmm. about it. He's like, Hey, there's no guarantee I'm going to play for the Blackhawks. There's not even a guarantee that I'm going to go number one uh, in the draft. <laughs> But that's a little bit of the schooling from their agents and, and what they need to say, how they need to prepare themselves and, and sound, you know, as though you want them to be humble in that regard. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of these prospects know it's going to take some time before they ultimately reach the NHL. And right. that's a good thing because it makes them want it gives them more incentive, gives them more motivation to work even harder to, to, to reach you know the goals they want. The Devils have a good selection of picks right now. They're in the second, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. And although they don't have a first pick, this is a deeper draft than in the past. Who could the Devils target when they are on the clock? Yeah, I think the Devils are in a good spot, despite have not, not having that first round pick. Uh, you know, in the second round, they got a pick there, and they got five picks overall in this draft. So, you know, Bradley Naidu from Penticton in the British Columbia Hockey League, the best Canadian junior rate player out there. He had 113 points this season, third most among U18 BCHLers uh, since 2000. So his older brother Josh actually uh, played with him on on a line, and they and they finished uh, one two in the BCHL scoring race. So that was that was quite a coup. So um, <laughs> you can't ignore the BCHL, and that's why I say Bradley because he kind of fits that mold. A very good, hardworking type player. He's going to the University of Maine. Uh, next season so he'll mature he'll grow and learn there but you can't ignore those BCHL players as you know Catherine you know Kent Johnson Alex Newhook most notably Kiel McCarr all recent standouts uh, from the BCHL Kerry Terrence a center from Erie in the Ontario Hockey League probably one of the better skaters available this year from any region a uh, mm -hmm. real dynamic mover speed to burn uh, understands how to vary his pace in order to be uh, more unpredictable when he has the puck on his stick. Real dangerous coming off the wall with how quickly he can explode to the net, uh, exploit gaps. And here's an interesting thing too, Catherine, is that Terrence, uh, he's from he's from New York, uh, upstate New York, and he played all season with the Erie Otters in the Ontario Hockey League. When their season ended, they didn't qualify for the OHL playoffs. Uh, the U18's Carlton contacted him to join them uh, at the World Under-18 Championship. So it was very rare for a player from the Canadian Hockey League to jump. Kerry went over there and played top-line uh, minutes and had a major impact for the United States. So I saw him here at the Combine. His first day, he was wearing an Erie Otters polo show, <laughs> shirt. And I said to him, I says, all right, so you got the Erie shirt on. Are we getting any U.S. attire? And he said, yep. He goes, I'm going to keep switching it up. Erie one day, USA <laughs> hockey the next. So a credit to Kerry, but I think he'd be a a, a great pick, uh, you know, late. And then uh, one more, Nick Lardis from Hamilton, a left wing in the Ontario Hockey League as well. Late season dominance can be very misleading, but 
there might not have been a more interesting forward down the stretch than Lourdes. He he put up 19 points in 36 games with the Peterborough Peets. At the OHL trade deadline, he was traded to Hamilton, put up 46 points in 33 games. He was given more ice time, more responsibility. He was playing power play. He was playing penalty kill. So what I'm getting at here, Catherine, is the <laughs> Devils right now, they they have top, you know, when you look at their top two lines, they're pretty set as long as they can, you know, we'll see what happens with their RFAs and Jesper Bratt and, and Timo Meyer. But um, I think you're looking at middle six, bottom six forwards, that if you can draft these guys now, let them sit, marinate, mature, grow. These are the type of players that are going to help you actually get to the jump. They'll, they're already a playoff team. We know that. But make that jump, make that leap to be a Stanley Cup contender. Well, when you look back at the Devils' 2018 draft, they had Akira Schmid and Yegor Sharankovich. So talk about players that, given some time to develop, were able to come on and play for this Devils team over the last few years. So it's all about the right timing, the right opportunity, and the right team. When you look at the draft as a whole, outside of a Devils focus, who are one or two names that really surprised you or grabbed your interest, whether at the combine or in the final run of the regular season? You know, I, I got to say, Catherine, and we all know that he's probably going to go number two or number three in this draft. Uh, I really liked, you know, what Adam Fantilli was able to do at the University of Michigan this season. Just so impressed with how he was able to jump in, uh, you know, to, to the college program as a freshman and lead all of college hockey, Division One college hockey, with 65 points, 30 goals. He wins the Hobie Baker. He wins the, the World Junior Championships for Team Canada. Then he joins Canada at the World Championships recently, wins another gold medal. I mean, just a phenomenal, phenomenal season for Adam Fantilli. And, and one, I, I, I don't think you can stress strong enough how, how great a season um, he had for that club. So I think whichever, you know, whatever team drafts Fantilli is getting a first overall type player because he can play it in the back alley. He can play it in the front yard. He could play the game any way you want to play it. So any other draft, like in the past three, four years, um, besides this one, Catherine, where we have Connor <laughs> Bedard, he's a number one pick. So I just wanted to make mention that. And also, he's one of the interesting thing, too, is that uh, Fantilli is one of four college players that are here at the Combine. They're the, the four youngest college players that played college hockey this year. Matthew Wood, Charlie Stramel, uh, Adam Fantilli. And um, uh, from University of Michigan. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You're doing so much. You're doing so I know. much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, Gavin Brindley. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll reset. And yeah. from the University of Michigan, Gavin Brindley. So uh, really, really good, uh, you know, four players there in, in college hockey that did so well. And, you know, looking at maybe a, a surprise or two, yeah. going back to that, uh, you know, uh, looking at some of the Russian players, obviously Matt Ray Michikov is a player that everyone's trying, wondering where he's going to fit in this draft. I think he can go anywhere from from number three to number six, seven. Has skill a skill set very similar to Connor Bedard, uh, but another Russian player I think could go late and could have an impact. Uh, Daniel Boot of Yaroslavl in the in the minor hockey league in Russia. So that's uh, the probably the equivalent of the American Hockey League. Uh, here in the States, but a big, he goes about 6'5", 203 pounds. He's a left wing, real skilled, a point per game player between Yaroslavl's MHL teams this year and, and scored a, uh, you know, a pair in 15 KHL games. So 
He can do a lot of damage both in the crease. His, his shot is so powerful. He pushes players around with that size. So I like what uh, you know I've seen in Booth this year, and I think that's a player that could go maybe late second, third, fourth round. That's uh, you know a team would be getting a, a you know a real good prospect there. You know absolutely everything. And the best part about this is you won't admit that you do, but you are such a draft resource for us. I mean, you have named like eight or nine players and described exactly why on the spot. This is incredible. So I want you to be able to kind of explain to our listeners your draft process. So every year you have a podcast, you write articles, you're scouting players from one draft ending to the next year, what kind of goes into your own personal schedule and what do you do that it keeps you involved with covering all these prospects? First time I've ever asked that question, Kat. That's an awesome question. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I start thinking about, like I'm, I'm thinking about the 2024 draft right now, to be wow. quite honest with you. So um, there are several players in that draft. Uh, and when I'm talking to players this year, Several have played with the players that could go top five, top 10 in the 2024 draft. For instance, the the national team development program players, the U18s, they played with a, a gentleman call, uh, named Cole Eiserman. Uh, he played with the U18s this year uh, as a 16-year-old player. He's draft eligible in 2024. Many expect him to go in the top three. So just just a, as an example there, I, I'm always thinking ahead, trying to you know fill the pieces of where I can get a head start on the next draft. So the best best time to do that is talking to players from uh, the current draft that's that's ongoing right now. And then over the course of the summer, we'll we'll do different tournaments. As you know, we'll mm -hmm. go to the the World Junior Development Camp, usually taking place at USA Hockey Arena. Um, so that's something that I always look forward to. That select camps during the course of the year. We do notebooks. I'll, I'll talk to players and run uh, draft diaries with two of the draft eligibles for the following season, talk to them on a monthly basis, uh, get to know them a little more. This year we had draft diaries on Adam Fantilli um, and uh, Braden Yeager from okay. Moose Jaw in the Western Hockey League. So um, it's always exciting to, you know, get a chance to write some stories on a lot of these prospects and uh, read up on them in the Canadian league, wherever they might be playing in college hockey. So, in addition to doing the NHL, um, you know, work uh, for the Devils and the other 31 teams in the league, which I enjoy very much. Um, I, as you know, I have a passion for for doing the prospects and the draft. And and the podcast is another way to do it. And I, I love doing the podcast with my colleague, Adam Kimmelman, which, you know, this time of year, we always do a, a, a recording maybe once a week. We mm -hmm. talk to a scout from a particular region, whether it be the Ontario Hockey League, Western League, the Quebec Major Junior League, college uh major midget whatever it might be so um that's always a fun exercise to do each week um and then I, I just keep sharp with you know people like yourself great people like <laughs> yourself that you know have me on podcasts to just to get the mind going and, and to talk about the prospects it's it's good practice as well so it's all good and, and it's a, like I said earlier it's a labor of love and, and I enjoy doing it Mike you have such an encompassing perspective of the drafts because you start covering these players way before their names are called by their future NHL franchises. What is your favorite part about being at the draft and experiencing it? I, I think, you know, for me, just watching, you know, whoever gets picked that one, two, as the numbers go down, just seeing the players stand up and he'll have his mom or his dad by his side, maybe a grandparent, 
um, going over in the hugs and it, you know, so a lot of times and on several occasions, I, I you just got to keep, I'm just looking at it. Like every, I, everything else just kind of escapes the mind. And you've been talking to this kid all season long about this particular moment and here it is for him. So it's just, it's, it's the moment that stands time. And, and then when we talk to the player afterwards, that's exactly what he is going through his mind. Like it's almost a surreal type of moment, even before he gets to the stage and, and slips on the Jersey and, and commissioner Bettman or, uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly is there to greet them. Um, it, it's always a special occasion to draft. And for us at NHL.com, you know, to have players come through that were selected in the first round, be able to speak with them, you know, their goals, their dreams. And and for the media, when we get to see the players go to the podium and, um, you know, talk about the teams that drafted them and try to think of the history behind that <laughs> team and, and uh, you know, what – you know, what they might be able to do in years to come, three to five years, is is always a special moment for, for, for these kids. And I think that's what makes it special. It makes it special, too, that, you know, after this crop is done, it's a whole new crop again the, the following season to, with interesting stories and, um, you know, what they had to battle through to get to where they are today on the ice, uh, off the ice. So um, it's a special moment uh, for all these players uh, the 17, 18 year old kids, many of which might not ever play NHL hockey too, right? Kathleen, right. whether you're a first round or seventh round pick, there's always a chance that you may never play, but to have that opportunity where you're drafted and, 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 you know, uh, I, I think it's something real special for these kids uh, at that age. Well, Mike, we appreciate all the insight and our fans will now be a little bit more prepared when it comes to the draft what they expect to see out of the Devils and who might be a surprise pick, especially in those later rounds. So thanks for taking some time to join us. Thank you very much, Kathleen. And thank you for everything that you do for the New Jersey Devils. You do a fabulous job. You and your staff do a fabulous job. So congratulations on that. Thanks, Mike. A big thank you to Mike for his knowledge and his insight and always being a great part of the Devils coverage here in New Jersey. That's all the time we have for your Road to the Draft podcast. We'll be back soon.